Hello everyone, welcome back to It's a Wonderful Podcast. Oh, do we have something very exciting this week for episode 208. Nolan, it is a return to silent movies, something you and I have not covered in a very, very long time. It's because I can never hear them. Oh, what a surprise. You can't hear the silent movies. Obviously a massive problem. Throw in all the jokes now. Get them out of your system. Uh, He Who Gets Slapped is not the Will Smith Chris Rock biopic you were promised. I knew that one was coming. As soon as I picked this movie for us to talk about this week on the show... I knew Lord the Chris Shady Rock joke. the man of a thousand faces, but Will Smith is the man who slapped a thousand faces. Yeah, there's, there's another one. You, you, you'll be inundated with jokes like this, I am sure, today from Nolan. I didn't even think, you know, I really didn't even think when I picked this movie because, well, I picked this movie for multiple reasons, not least of which was because it's a rather well-known Lon Chaney movie. That is who mainly we are celebrating today. We are, of course, celebrating the movie itself, the qualities that come, the different types of qualities that come with silent movies, but certainly I think why Lon Chaney may be uh, particularly memorable in the realm of silent movie stars. And I think this movie has a lot to say about why he has lived on for so many years, because this movie came out in 1924. That is the movie, movie, He Who Gets Slapped, that is the movie we're talking about today and celebrating Lon Chaney. But it also stars a couple of other famous faces who weren't quite at the peak of their stardom yet, which I was quite excited to uh, to see, actually. That's why I picked this one. I had seen this on a kind of Lon Chaney retrospective video that I did make Nolan watch before this, cause, just because I think it's a very good video, um, celebrating the life of Lon Chaney, and was fascinated particularly by this one because it's deeply tragic um incredibly well acted particularly by lon cheney but it is the most masochistic movie you could possibly wish for it's very on brand for you what, 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 what am i a masochist no <laughs> you're, you're always self-loathing and being all miserable and everything yeah, at least not this movie yeah, not, not when you're talking about uh, these kind of movies, though. Just in general life, I, yeah. I feel like I was. I feel like I could have like deep faked you onto Lon Chaney's character, and it wouldn't have changed the movie at all. Nolan, <laughs> but look, that may be why I was drawn into this movie. Admittedly, let's let's break down the psychology of. Me I will literally Lon draw Lon you into this movie because it's public domain. And I can do whatever the hell I want with it. That's true, actually. It's it's freely available to people. It is indeed a public domain movie. It's that old. It's that old, Nolan. Um, it's actually, Just like Morgan's Taste in Tea. Exactly, yes. It's like the... Um, or wine. Or wine, Nolan. Wine. Aged <laughs> wine, you know. Um, I think it's only the fourth silent movie we've ever actually covered 
on this show. Um, well, we got second... Nosferatu, Cabinet Dr. Caligari, this, and what's the other one? And Janine and I did Lon Chaney's Phantom of the Opera. Of course, she's dead eye. So it is actually the first American silent movie that we have ever talked about because those other two were obviously very famous German ones. And But yeah, first of all, really, what do you think about Lon Chaney in general as an actor, whatever it may be, aside from the specifics of He Who Gets Slapped? I think he's one of the greatest character actors who ever lived, probably the first person to ever kind of be coined a character actor and you know from our like last discussions on the show i can i'm down with leading men i'm down with leading women but nothing for me beats a really great character actor even in modern day movies now they're always the ones that i'm watching out for you know give me a gary oldman over a uh, tom cruise any day who can always like slip and slide into these really menacing masochistic interesting characters and just give me a great performance Lon Chaney is undoubtedly the godfather of that kind of performing, I reckon. Yeah, it should also be mentioned. It's a, it's a point that the the video, I think the video is by a YouTube channel called Dark Corners. Um, if I it's remember. not on the dark web. We're just going to make that clear. It is not. It is not. No, but that video makes a. It's a great video. It really is. It makes a, such a significant point of pointing out that Lon Chaney is wrongly remembered as a horror actor because he He's really not. only starred in about three or four horror movies. He was a character actor. Yeah. Um, you know, it happens to be that his, well, certainly his two most famous movies are very famous horror situations, you know, Phantom of the Opera, Hunchback of Notre Dame. But... You know, this movie, He Who Gets Slapped, is is not a horror movie. It's a melodrama. It's a real tragedy of, you know, Lon Chaney is, plays a scientist who gets his ideas stolen from him by the same man who was funding his research. And this man also steals Lon Chaney's wife from him. So right at the start of the movie... The origin have... of every Spider-Man villain ever. Well, yes. I mean, it is kind of like supervillain origin story. This could have gone one of two ways. It could have turned, you know, Lon Chaney's character into just a maniac or a depressed shell, which it kind of turns him, well, I suppose a little bit into both. But for a lot of the movies, so sad all the time. But he performs it so very well so very well but that opening where he is not in you know clown makeup he's not in the circus he is this rather intelligent scientist but he just gets kind of beaten up and beaten up and beaten up or should we say slapped by his wife, who leaves him for the dude who's stolen his all, all of his scientific ideas, who is also actually funding. So there's a bit of backstabbing going on. There's his wife cheating on him going on. And he just kind of crawls down and cowers into this shell of a person. We get a little bit of a time jump to him now in a circus 
It should also be obviously mentioned he who gets slapped is basically because when Lon Chaney pleads with the guy who steals all of his scientific ideas at this kind of big function where all these important looking people are and they're all laughing at him when he co- when he goes up and say this man didn't come up with these theories they were mine and this guy basically backhands him it's not quite as effective as the slap heard around the world that i like to call sydney poitier on that particular dude who i forget the name of in in the heat of the night or in fact the latest you know one from a couple of months ago no mm. but it's it's a, it's a weak slap i don't like the slap itself you know there's a lot there's a lot of conversation going around about quality of slaps these days nolan this slap in particular was it felt like he was being hit with a fish like rather comically <laughs> but it's the point of the slap it's it's not it's a uh... in the silent movie days i think they were still figuring out how to make something a slap you know we got to give them a bit of credit for that it was the 20s after all well perhaps perhaps but in terms of i mean i suppose it's been so long silent movies your thoughts on silent movies i should ask about in, in general are they something you particularly enjoy do you get i don't watch them i don't watch them as often as i should but whenever i do they're always these really hypnotic experiences like i'm sure i've mentioned before it's one of those things that shows the power of a film score because you feel every emotional beat purely from the score and i quite like the i wish it would make a comeback even in talky films is having the font which talks about the dialogue because that was how they that was the only way they could have dialogue back then but i just i don't know there's something really cool about that you like the intercards the intercards are my jam you know they they slap so so much slap comedy so much slap comedy i I, I like that i like that you like the uh intercards actually because i don't think in terms of silent movies i'm a massive fan of when they cut to dialogue into cards i would almost rather see pure images but again i mean we we talk about this a lot that's kind of how i you wanted to look like a music video basically almost almost i i get what you mean not like a stupid girls grinding on people for no reason music video (laughs) i was was thinking more like when i was thinking good music video i was thinking like take on me aha or something like that not that no but you know what what is the stereotype of a music video nolan you know what i'm talking about (laughs) but um no yeah i i think in terms of silent movies i I prefer, I mean, I understand they're obviously telling a story, but I do think what we can appreciate about silent movies now is their ability to do the purest thing in movie making, which is tell the story through pictures. Because you really don't have any dialogue. So there's, there is limits to it, which means there's added creativity needed, which means like a director, like... This movie's director is Victor Sjöström, who's a Swedish director who did The Phantom Carriage and other things before he moved to the US to 
do he who gets slapped and a, and a couple of others but his style is incredibly well, it's full of symbolism it's full of just pure imagery rather mm -hmm. than <coughs> rather than perhaps more I don't know staged scenes or anything like that. There's a lot of shots in this movie of the world spinning around and a clown sometimes quite looking like he's maniacally laughing, just spinning this world around as though to say time continues or life goes on. And this, all this is meaningless because life goes on. It requires that, you know, kind of, thought these this this kind of movie and i i appreciated it for that definitely i love the way your mind works i like the way my mind works as well i mean i i over philosophize things as you well know yes i was a fan of this movie it's quite a quick movie really i think it if i read something correctly it was actually originally shot in 18 frames a second or 18 frames per second but in future kind of releases and distribution it has been sped up to 24 frames a second which is the more usual frames per second for a movie which means it only lasts about an hour and 10 minutes as opposed to like an hour and 35 which i think it originally lasted for mm -hmm. So it, it makes it quite a, a breezy movie to watch, even if it isn't necessarily a particularly breezy topic. It's a really dark, twisted, sad, sad movie. But it, it we wanted to celebrate it because it, it I think it shows Lon Chaney just in a, in a pure form doing what he does best. You even look at his most famous characters, his Phantom of the Opera, his Hunchback of Notre Dame, those two characters are incredibly sad, tragic figures. And there's something particularly great about whether it's his face or his just ability to perform so perfectly that he can be the man of a thousand faces, but he's able to see how he's able to make us see past the makeup into his soul into his eyes into every emotion that's etched onto his face he does it so well in this movie all the while being kind of mostly made up like a really garish looking clown it's funny. yes it's the tears of a clown kind of uh idea it isn't is. it yeah it is but yes i mean what was there any particularly interesting aspects to this movie that you found? Uh, my my favorite part of the movie actually comes at the end because I was just purely surprised at how it was shot. Okay. The lion encounter. Yes. I mean, let's go through a little bit more of the, the plot of the movie, I suppose. I'm not even really sure what the plot of this movie is. I was just, I put it on and I was hypnotized by all the visuals. And this is, I think that's the great thing about you know, a director like Victor Sjöström. This is why I like mentioning these names to people because it's nice to go all the way back. You know, we're used mainly to talking about movies from the 30s to the 60s slash early 70s on the main show. We don't often go 
into silent movies and whether whether it's a popularity thing or or whatever it may be we we don't tend to go into them a great deal and we we really should because there are just it's a totally different style it it's incredibly creative and when sound obviously came into movies in the late 20s the entire industry just changed Mm -hmm. it's like this vaudevillian way of performing as well like with a lot of the other clown and circus actors i believe a lot of them did come from vaudeville backgrounds yeah i mean it makes sense you know vaudeville's the or, or carnival or whatever you want to call it is the absolute most prestigious peak form of public entertainment at this time it's unbelievably popular it's the era of early sound movies and and you know pre-code movies i know that people know that i love pre-code movies and that era um you know mostly between 1930 and 34 that but even before then I'm just fascinated about that time in the industry because it is such a significant period of change uh, where kind of acting styles had to develop, directing styles had to develop, production styles had to develop very, very quickly because, oh, look, we can hear people in a movie now. Lon Chaney, I think, only made one talkie or maybe two talkies but he kind of i know he was reluctant to do so because he um you know he felt it would kind of well he'd made his big he'd made his name and and, and there are certain actors that really couldn't make that transition and i think oh. one of them shows up in this movie and that's john gilbert who... i wonder if it comes from the idea of like society's view on actors kind of being different back then as in they should be seen and not heard oh i don't know i don't know that's a good because actors like back in those times like they were thought of as like the court jesters and the clowns who would perform for rich people and now it's the other way around well that's it's an interesting thought i don't hate that thought actually but then again most advertisements for early sound movies were look at your big famous movie star that now can speak you can hear <laughs> what they sound like and that drew a, a load of people in didn't it so maybe we have to look at it from that point of view as well but i think i think it's a uh, it's almost more down to the performers themselves and you know Ultimately, unfortunately, Lon Chaney kind of didn't get to act in as many talking pictures as he could have done because he he died quite early. At, I think he was 47 in 1930 mm-hmm. from lung cancer, I think he died from, which is, is a real shame, not least of which, Nolan, because Universal wanted him to play Dracula before Bela Lugosi. <laughs> Of course they would have, yeah. Which is, I mean, what a what a fantastic what if that is, because you know Bella's obviously the Dracula in pop culture, but you know if if Lon Chaney hadn't have passed away, maybe we 
you know, we don't get that. We get a Lon Chaney Dracula because he obviously had a really great relationship with Todd Browning, who directed Dracula as well. I mean, they made, I think, 10 movies together, Lon Chaney and Todd Browning. Unfortunately, you know, He Who Gets Slapped isn't one of them. I want to see the alternate universe where Lon Chaney or Lon Chaney Jr. plays Clayface in like a sort of serial Batman film. Oh. <laughs> I mean, look. Because like that character is clearly inspired by actors of that generation. Oh, 100%. 100%. You know, Lon Chaney's makeup work is legendary. Like we've said multiple times already, he is very much the man of a thousand faces. But all of those thousand faces, most of the time, make up the same kind of tragic character. I think it, yeah. I think it's what makes it what it's what made him very popular at the time, and I think it's what's kept him very popular is his ability to just or his or people's ability to just connect with his characters. He's not He's never playing the hero. He's never playing the kind of unobtainable, I'm perfect character. Mm -hmm. He is the rather realistic, doesn't get the girl, doesn't get what he wants, has to, you know, kind of sit in the corner sometimes and just get on with life with a sigh, which is he's more realistic than, you know, something like what John Gilbert's doing in this movie, who is obviously a quite a very handsome movie star who is quite early in his career in this. We have talked a John Gilbert movie, actually, in the past. Queen Christina with Greta oh, Garbo, yes. um, which is a talking movie, obviously, 1933. But... The funny thing is, John Gilbert is the name of the guy who runs my local comic book store. That is quite funny. It's not the same person reincarnated. Is it a ghost? No, is it it's a ghost not a ghost. Of John, of John it's Gilbert. not a ghost, although I haven't seen him in a while, so maybe. Might be a ghost. Might be John Gilbert's ghost. Um, but John Gilbert never made the transition properly. He didn't like talking movies, and I don't think people necessarily loved him in them. I mean, could you imagine changing from, like, Okay, just focusing all on body language and now oh you have to remember lines on top of remembering everything else. Like it would have been a hard transition for actors. Yeah. Absolutely it would have I mean, been outside especially... of outside of theater performances, I suppose. Well, I mean, there is there is that element to it as well. And I think that's, you know, why a lot of particularly big stars of the thirties came from theater and big movies of the 30s came from play adaptations and things like that because they were trying to take what people were already used to seeing in a live aspect and bring it on to you know bring it onto the movies but again that's what kind of makes silent movies so interesting to go back and watch is because we are so used to seeing movies made in a totally different way yeah for this. sure it might seem like an education more than an enjoyment, but you can get enjoyment from this kind of education in going back and watching silent movies. You can also get genuine enjoyment from watching these movies. I mean, some silent movies are fun. Look at Chaplin comedies and things like that. Some are just 
funny and fun and really clever. Like Buster Keaton and all that Buster kind of Keaton. stuff. Exactly. Or you can go the other way and be really emotionally moved by a movie like I was with He Who Gets Slapped because I think you you hit the nail on the head quite early on, Nolan. Maybe I see myself as a... Um, a clown. A clown who just... Whose entire act... His entire act, Nolan, revolves around the the whole circus troupe slapping him in the face. We see at the beginning of the movie his wife who's been cheating on him, his financier or his benefactor who has stolen his ideas and then runs off with his wife, slap him. We see them both slap him in the face and he cowers down. We get that time jump. His whole act now revolves around everybody slapping him in the face while everybody laughs at him. And you just think that is the most self-pitying kind of self-loathing possible thing. And it is relatable. You know, you can identify with that kind of thing. People who deal with that kind of thing can very, very easily identify with that. Not least of all because Lon Chaney gives a particularly kind of engaging performance. I think you you know you really do see him it's he's got just the most expressionistic face. And yeah, I love, for sure. I I love him as an actor. I really do love him as an actor. He he defines the fact that you don't need words. You just need expressions to be a good actor that can say way more than any shouty word can. And it does if you are a good enough actor. And again, I just think that's why Lon Chaney's lived on for so many decades and he's still celebrated today. And, you know, this is only the second Lon Chaney movie we've ever done on the main show, but it's just another example of wanting to celebrate him as an actor, mm-hmm. which is weird, but maybe it's not weird. Depending Lon Chaney on definitely deserves a biopic made about him. That's like the top comment on the video you sent me. He does. He has... It's called The Man of a Thousand Faces. It stars Jimmy Cagney as Lon Chaney. I think it was made in the late 40s. Okay. Would they ever do it again, like with a modern-day kind of Lon Chaney actor? I don't know. I mean, my mind's immediately jumping to Robert Pattinson. Ooh, ooh. Don't get me excited, Nolan. Stop Dir- getting me excited. Directed by the witch guy. <laughs> Obviously, yes, you have to. Get Robert Eggers in to do a Lon Chaney bite. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't do it. Because he'd have to it wouldn't be original enough. Mm-hmm. There it wouldn't be, be enough Vikings movie. getting killed. No, there wouldn't. What a good movie that was as well, yes. <laughs> the Northman, just to throw that out there. But yes, yeah, so, you know, if you want to, if you want to, I mean, I have never seen The Man of a Thousand Faces with James Cagney, but you know, if you want your Lon Chaney biopic, that is supposed to be a decent movie. Well, we might get to do that on the show at some point. Quite possibly, Nolan. <laughs> but you were talking about your lion attack before it's just like 
Because, I, I, I mean, for one, it's always weird for me seeing the old MGM lion. Yes, ex- we like the MGM lion. This, I think, that w- w- am I saying this right as well? Was this the first MGM production? After, Possibly, the, after yeah, I mean. they became, you know, because they, it was a, like a big merger and MGM became a thing. And I think this was the first movie they actually produced as MGM. So, yes, that is, in fact, probably the MGM Lion, the actual one. Yeah, it's just like um, knowing what these guys would have had to go through to get that sequence looking as intense as it does and dealing with a real lion who they likely have to piss off on set. Yeah. Because that thing looks like it's ready to fucking kill. I admittedly, Nolan was quite taken aback with the fact that the movie does end with Lon Chaney basically having enough of being laughed at and thrown to the wayside and turning up a little bit of mania and setting a lion on the guy who's done him over. That's one way to get your revenge. It is. But I was quite taken aback by it. It seems for a lot of the movie, or for an hour, let's say, the movie is, like I said, it's it's melodramatic. It's quite quiet. You're you're engaged. You're entirely engaged, but there's not a great deal of action. It's more about you know the characters and their feel particular feelings at any one it's like time. A quiet intensity, essentially, for a lot of the movie, and then it just yes. turns up the intensity it with does. that lion attack. It explodes right at the end. By Lon Chaney setting a lion on uh, people. And Who we can he... get played by Andy Serkis in the remake of this movie. Oh, well, yeah, if you want to do that. If you want to do that. Be a fair, fair, I'm, sure he'd be, I'm sure he'd be up for it. Get Andy Serkis to play Lon Chaney. That'd be That's great. actually a shout. Yeah, he, he even kind of looks like him. So, I mean, what does Lon Chaney even look like, Nolan? He's the man of a thousand faces. Lon Chaney can look whatever the hell he wants to look like. He can look like... The Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> well, I guess you could call Andy Circus like the modern day Lon Chaney because he does what Lon Chaney does, but through CGI and mocap. That's also a good thought. I like that thought as well. There is one other element to this movie I did want to talk about, though, and it's the reason Lon Chaney sets the lion on two people because it's not just the guy who does him over at the beginning of the movie and runs the off with Count his wife. and the Baron, which sounds like such villain names. Yes, it is. It is a count and a Baron. It is very, very look at you, evil nobility, and all that kind of stuff. Which you know, you the masses will appreciate. Nolan, very clever from MGM there. The, the masses, Tory and the Republican. The, the masses will appreciate evil, conniving nobility. How very clever of us. Very, very moustache twirly. I love it. There is there is plenty, look, there's plenty of moustaches. I don't think anything anybody's going into the moustache hall of fame today. Because they were all twirling their moustaches too much. Perhaps, but, you know, this is the 20s. Most every man had a moustache. It was crazy. But... Norma Shearer is in this movie as well, Nolan. I, I Norma thought you were Shearer, bring her up. Who, again, this is very early in Norma Shearer's career. This is before she became like a big 
start. I am, of course, far more used to seeing Norma Shearer in the 30s and love her in the movies I've seen her in. It's really interesting to see her in a silent movie, acting in a totally different style to I'm used to seeing her act, looking very, very young, obviously. But it it's a draw to this movie. You know, yeah. if if you're looking for silent movies that you maybe want to watch, what's the first thing you're going to look for? It's recognisable people in them. Yes, you've got Lon Chaney in this movie, but there's, lo- there's you know there's loads of Lon Chaney movies. How do you pick one that isn't Phantom of the Opera or The Hunchback of Notre Dame? You look at who else is in that movie, and do you recognise <laughs> any of those names? John Gilbert and Norma Shearer in this movie. So yeah, I go okay. What's he who gets slapped all about? I watch this video that we've been talking about. And I go, yes, I'm watching He Who Gets Slapped, and now here we are celebrating this movie on It's a Wonderful Podcast. It's it's perfect. Norma Shearer's great in it, but Norma Shearer also slaps Lon Chaney in the face in this movie. After he, I mean, Norma Shearer is in love with John Gilbert. They are the attractive hero and heroine of the movie. They are the perfect couple, and then you get... Lon Chaney moping about the side. Lon Chaney professes his love for Norma Shearer. Ah, Norma Shearer thinks it's a whole big joke. Which is really sad. That was my favourite scene in the entire movie, Nolan. Is he the original incel, this guy? Kind of. Kind of. Before, you know, it became like... Before these kind of people became criminals... (laughs) <laughs> and we're just sad. Just you know, it's actually sad possible people. to be sad without being a dangerous criminal. I, I, you know, this isn't Joker. You know, <laughs> I just want to make that clear. Even though he's in clown makeup, oh god, and I'm releases a lion onto his. And re- uh, I've just, it kind of is a little bit. The lion okay. is the gun, and the count is Robert De Niro. Okay, okay, it might a little bit be similar. But this comes around the same time Conrad beats The Man Who Laughs comes out. It does. It does. So it isn't directly... Well, it might be... It might influence the character of Joker in a thematic sense. But in When a... you have sad Joker and not charismatic Joker like I like. Well, yes, that's true. But yes, you are right in bringing up Conrad Veet in in The Man Who Laughs. He is very much Joker. That is where the look of Joker comes from. Another movie that we should think about covering. I swear we were planning to do it when Joker came out. We just never got around to it. Possibly. We possibly were. I forget. I forget these things, to be honest with you. Um, But yeah, I think that's my favorite scene in the movie to be honest, because you get such a good performance. I mean, if this movie has a peak Lon Chaney moment, it is that explosion, that profession of love to Norma Shearer for her to just 
take it as a joke because you feel that enormous Shearer's acting as well. You feel like, oh, is he being serious? Oh no, you're not being serious. You're not being they call him he as well. I know it's I know the movie's called He Who Gets Slapped, but apparently the correct like typing of the movie is to capitalize H E. Yeah, I saw that in the cast Because he you know, he's just supposed to be well, he's a clown at least anyway. I think he's called Paul when he's the scientist. But when he's the clown, he's just supposed to be like an anonymous figure, almost in an audience kind of substitute, which I find really interesting. But yeah, that's it's it's definitely my favorite scene. It's definitely my favorite scene. You get so much phenomenal acting in that one little moment and i really felt for lon cheney at that time who hasn't professed their love for someone nolan and then it was just taken as a joke luckily i could always fall back on being a comedian you can but <laughs> still what a very what an incredibly relatable concept yes. to a lot a lot of people and I appreciated that a great deal. This one's for you sad boys out there. It is. And look, you might be judging me. You might be judging me in picking. So how can I judge you for that? I was like that in high school. But I'm not. I, I was a dweeby little nerd. I am the same age as you. <laughs> there is no difference. But I bet same. you were more of a heartthrob in high school than I was. I really... You had a Justin Bieber haircut. I did, that is a fact, but I also really disagree <laughs> with that idea, Nolan. Is there any other particular moments? In the very that? ending of uh, he dying in, uh, I believe it's Norma Shearer's arms, like yeah. just professing their love for him. Yeah. It's a very somber note to end on, but because of like the whole hypnotic score and the imagery and everything, it just it sticks with you. It does. It does. I I think is the final shot another one of those world spinning around shots and like all the clowns throw him off the edge of it. I think so. Yeah. As though, maybe in the version I saw. Yeah, it's kind of it's this unceremonious ending to. You know, Lon Chaney in this movie, who it is, it, it, it adds to the sadness of it. It really adds to the sadness of it. It's just like, oh, yeah, the world keeps turning and bye, you're just off it now. Let's get rid of it. You're just thrown <laughs> Goodbye, into the pile. Goodbye, sir. Yeah, you're just thrown into the pile with all the other garbage. I mean, what a miserable way of thinking. But it's kind of what the movie's about. It is kind of what the movie's about. It is a great movie for all that, though. And it's I an overly, overly theatrical melodrama. So what What did you expect? Well, I cannot wait to see the remake of it starring Chris Rock. Oh, well, yes. Will Smith Obviously. as the Count and the Baron. <laughs> in, in a dual role, one has a mustache, <laughs> one doesn't. Jada Pinkett Smith is Norma Shearer's oh, character. Oh, and of oh, course, yeah. Andy Circus as the lion. As the lion, yes, that's right. I love, <laughs> I love that. I love that. 
Um, I should have mentioned, actually, in just another element to the whole routine of Lon Chaney continually getting slapped by all the clowns in his circus performance. At the end of the performance, he wears this kind of fake heart that's sewn onto his chest. That gets ripped out and buried in the dirt. It's blatant. Sad boy, man. Sad boy. It, it is. It is. It is blatant, and it might seem like it's banging you over the head with, with the symbolism. It might seem like it's banging you over the head with the exploration of the themes that this movie is exploring. But you also think about it, is that while it might be a simplistic kind of movie, there's only certain levels of layers you possibly can go even into in a silent movie because everything kind of has to be quite obvious and exaggerated. That's why the acting style is very obvious and exaggerated and overly theatrical. But if you're into that sort of stuff sometimes, it just works. And I mm -hmm. think this movie just really worked. It is also the first non-horror movie of Lon Chaney's that I've ever watched, which, again, is just opening my eyes to more things, which I always appreciate. I also assume that was the same for you. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I've only ever seen uh, Phantom of the Opera, as I think. I don't think I've even seen his version of Hunchback in Notre Dame. Yeah, it's... it's, it's it, I mean, it, it's not bad. He is better than the movie. Ah, in one of those cases. Let's say. Uh, it's a very grand movie. But, yeah. There's, oh, like, the, the sets are really good. Um, and, yeah, Lon Chaney's, Lon Chaney's makeup is obviously pretty impressive he's kind of flinging himself around a lot of the time it's very athletic in that movie mm -hmm. but then again Lon Chaney could do most everything and this episode today might be a shorter and sweeter episode of It's a Wonderful Podcast but it has been an entire celebration of the greatness of Lon Chaney and obviously focusing on he who gets slapped. Nolan, is there any other Lon Chaney movies you might be interested in seeing that you'd heard about after watching this movie? Going, you know, moving away from his more famous horror movies, has this interested you in delving into more of his work? It has. Uh, I'm not sure of a lot of his other movies, to be honest. It's something I'm going to have to go and look up. Just looking at his uh, filmography now, let's see what titles jump out at me. Okay. okay. Uh, what what the hell is this? <laughs> oh, I that think, sounds weird. Uh, I think there's a movie called the. Is it the penalty? The pe Where... is that a footy a footy movie? No, it's. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know what it's about. I know it's. I, I just know it's a Lon Chaney movie title. I think Ooh, this is. one called The Blackbird intrigues me. Okay. It's why? a noir. It's a noir. A noir, a noir that's why, obviously. It's just a shame that we couldn't do a noir, I suppose, given that you are in, you have been in such a noir mood for the last, what seems like, six months. 
Yeah. So dark, Nolan. Maybe I'm I'm miserable and you're just grim and like murder. You kidding me? Look at me. I look like a cross between candy floss and poverty. Yeah, but you like noir, so <laughs> and I like noir as well. Because I'm obviously. edgy. No, it's it's all about edginess. I see. Hell yeah. I see. Fair enough. <laughs> well, Nolan, if you have anything else to say about he who gets slapped, Lon Chaney, or anything to do with this movie, please state now. Uh, it's one for all you sad boys out there. It's uh, very good for your film education. Mm -hmm. You'll probably be able to link it to Joker and have a really fun time with it that way. And stick around for the lion sequence. Mm. Fuck me. It's like watching a lion attack a man on YouTube, which admittedly I do lose myself watching several times. Well, there you go. Like I said, a shorter and sweet episode of It's a Wonderful Podcast today for episode number 208, talking He Who Gets Slapped from 1924 with Lon Chaney, John Gilbert, and Norma Shearer. Yes, there we go, Nolan. This show, the main show, It's a Wonderful Podcast, is not the only show you can find on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed, though we, of course, have Morgan Hasn't Seen every Wednesday with myself and Janine, where she forces me to watch things that I haven't seen. Of course she does. We are still firmly in our Star Trek run at the moment. Two months of Star Trek. It's going well, Nolan. I am a fan of these Star Trek movies for the most part. For the most part. I also want to now buy them all. I was a fan of Star Trek anyway, but I also now want to buy all these movies too. Which... Are you going to start calling yourself a red shirt? No. Good. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I am like Bones, I've figured out. In particular. Bones, okay. You are a regular old uh, doctor. A grouch. Yeah, a, a grouch who just is on the sidelines a little bit and comes in every so often for a And who am I? Because I know comment. you want to say it. You are... <laughs> you are... You're not anyone from the original series cast. I'm not Scotty? No. No, uh, it's too obvious. It's too obvious, and you, you don't have a moustache. Um, you can be Data. Data? Oh, yes. Isn't he Very like a pure... versatile. Very versatile. Sometimes annoying. Sometimes really not annoying and genuinely emotional. So Fair dues. I thought he was a pure cunt before, but I'll take that. <laughs> no. Only sometimes. Only sometimes, <laughs> Nolan, am I annoyed by Data, but he is an incredibly versatile character. As Thank I fuck you didn't say Wesley Crusher. Not, not Wesley. You can be Beverly Crusher if you want. She's got nice hair as well, like <laughs> you, and is very intelligent, unlike you. <laughs> Why you can't be barely crushed anyway. <laughs> Star Trek is what is being focused on. On Morgan hasn't seen, and as for a Monday show, please be aware that Janine and I have been brainstorming ideas. We have been developing ideas for a new monday show and a new monday show is not 
too far off happening. Machine Mondays was a fantastic show. It became a little too intense for Janine to try and keep up with. The fun was waning, and we don't like the fun to wane, do we, Nolan? We like the fun to continue. No, That's the machine's going to be oiled up and come back better than ever. Exactly. Exactly. That is why Morgan hasn't seen and it's a wonderful podcast. This show, the main show, continue because they're always fun. Whether they're talking about a movie like this or a movie like you and I covered last time, Nolan, which was the towering inferno from the early 70s. What a variety we've had in our last <laughs> couple of movies. Perhaps the longest time change. That is, in fact, 50 whole years between the release of He Who Gets Slapped and the release of The Towering Inferno. I don't think there's... that. Well, there, are, there frankly has never been two consecutive episodes. Well, I say consecutive. It was the last time you were on with movies dating that far apart. So I appreciate <laughs> that greatly. Variety range, isn't it? just phenomenal if there's someone who has variety and range it is also of course Lon Chaney just to bring it back round full circle but you can find the It's a Wonderful podcast feed on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Amazon Music and everywhere else. We also have the Patreon, It's a Wonderful podcast on Patreon if you would like to support us over there find the tier that is right for you and the YouTube channel it's a wonderful podcast on YouTube that you can subscribe to and ding your notification bells on for all the live watch-alongs and live discussions and other fun videos we have on there and have coming to there. Find the show on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. Find me on Twitter at The Purple Dawn with a three instead of the E in there because three is, of course, the magic number. On Instagram at Just The Purple Dawn. Nolan, all your wonderful stuff is where uh glasgow kid 27 on tiktok glasgow kid one on twitter and nolan dean 27 on twitter you know what happened to me recently morgan i went fucking viral on tiktok oh exciting yeah there's a video of me teaching scottish phrases to my maltese friends which is now getting me masses of followers on tiktok and a masses of views i'm using it to my advantage to get them to come to my stand-up shows good plug plugging things <laughs> manipulation so if you want to learn some scottish phrases go ahead and uh, check that out there you go i like it well now is about the time for me to say thank you everyone for listening to this rather fun frolicking little episode i tried finding another f word there and not the obvious one thank you nolan for not being particularly vulgar i can see it in your eyes that you just were getting ready to shout then but i wanted to stop you mm. i don't trust you anyway, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of it's a wonderful podcast we have had a fun time we hope you have too i will say goodbye until next time thank you very much Bye. Nolan, take it away. All right. I'm going to give you some uh, new bits from uh, my new stand-up show, which I'm testing in around Glasgow. Here's some new expansions about me being autistic. Let's fucking do it, shall we? Yeah.
I see a lot of folk who say autistic people take things literally at face value, but I don't really know what faces have got to do with maths. Clever. I like it. Yes. Autistic jokes are a bit hard for me, though. You can never really do, like, an autistic person walks into a bar, right? Because I'd have stubbed my toe so hard I'd be even more incapable of speech. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Being autistic in Scotland, though, is very different because it's a country that kind of embraces its stereotypes. And I've always kind of tried to avoid being a stereotypical autistic person. However... I think any autistic person who accidentally rides the subway during an old firm game would destroy the stereotype of us loving trains. <laughs> Did that one time on the way to a gig, only for the train to stop with all these football fans cramming themselves in like fucking flesh Tetris, and I was hit with a wave of what I could only describe as Sausage Links Africa. <laughs> oh. <laughs> My mates tried to get me into football when I was quite young, but, you know, being autistic along with being queer, you can imagine I got really confused when I was asked to keep the balls. But in keeping with stereotypes, at least that was said by the PE teacher. (laughs) Can't deny that uh, some social interactions are still hard. Dating whilst autistic is quite intense, although at least in the bedroom, it means I can practice my eye contact. But there's some things about sex that I don't inherently get. You know, me and my partner were trying some uh, shagger stuff. And she said, go on, tell me I'm naughty. And I was like, wow. So I did what anyone would have done in this situation. I've seen all the romantic movies. So I swept her off her feet, carried her up the stairs to the bedroom, and stuck her on the naughty step for half an hour. (laughs) Thankfully, that numbed her arse enough so she was down to do anal afterwards. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Come check me out the diversity quota next Wednesday. <laughs> oh, dear. There we go. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.